Jamie Dixon is a coach, trainer and author. He has worked with ambitious leaders in over 160 multinational companies over the last 10 years. He coaches and trains in both English and Mandarin. He is also conversational in Japanese. He is an IAC accredited coach, a certified tiny habits coach and also certified in everything DISC, D-I-S-C. Jamie will be launching the book The Story Habit and I think it would be of great value to all of you who is trying to inculcate some great habits. And if we talk a bit about the book, The Story Habit is a manual of the mind for leaders because leaders need to impact, influence and inspire action which is possible if they learn how to speak the language of the mind. So in today's episode, let us talk to Jamie and unleash the power of the story habit. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks, I'm your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter and the conversations that add value to your life and your career. Successful leaders across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom with the world through the Guiding Voice. And all our audience will acquire more knowledge by tuning into our podcast than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me. And we are extremely pleased to have Jamie part of our journey. Jamie, super excited to have you part of today's conversation. Thank you very much for having me. It's very nice to be with you today, Naveen. Yeah, pleasure to have you here, Jamie. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into our conversation. Can you quickly share your career journey with our audience How did you end up becoming mm-hmm. a coach and author? <laughs> so it was a very uh, windy journey. I uh, graduated from university. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I decided to be an English teacher, which was an easy thing to do for a native English speaker who's graduated from university. That brought me to China. And in my spare time, I learned Chinese and I fell in love with the country. So I decided to stay. And I then leveraged my Mandarin skills to find a corporate job. And I found an opportunity that matched my background in English teaching and my bilingual abilities. Uh, and that was working for uh, Amway China in their training institute. Uh, and that introduced me to the field of leadership development and corporate training and coaching. And so I just decided from there that I wanted to do exactly that. So I, I left after a few years and I, I started in a training company. And then after a few years there, I went off on my own and here I am today. So it's been a long and, and windy journey. Mm. <laughs> quite, quite interesting. And uh, how did you learn Chinese? Was it not difficult because I heard there are thousands of letters in Chinese? And uh, how mm. was your experience? I found it very easy to learn how to speak Chinese. Reading and writing is a little bit different, a, a bit different. Uh, okay. My reading and writing is, for life, it's fine. I can type messages, give me a newspaper. Yeah, some of it I can read, some of it I can't read. But speaking um, is fine. And I learned by giving myself mini missions. Like I, I knew I would go to the DVD shop to buy DVDs. So before I went out, I would learn the phrases I needed to ask how much does this movie cost and you know how can i refund and blah 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 and just with enough missions <laughs> my chinese got to a, a conversational level so that was a really fun and effective way of learning 
yeah that's a wonderful tip i think we can practice that script before uh, visiting a store and uh, jamie now can you uh, share briefly about the top 3 things that have helped you to be successful in your professional life so far mm i'd say <clears throat> the top one is experimenting i love just trying new things and seeing what happens and a lot of the time you try new things and you open new doors and that was you know coming to china was an experiment i didn't know what else to do I had a job opportunity here so i'll try it and see what happens and a lot of things happened and i uh, i on a smaller scale um when i'm training uh sometimes i try new things i try new games i try new explanations i try new topics and i see what happens and sometimes it doesn't work out but other times it really works out so i'd say experimenting is is probably my my number one tip number 2 that's helped me a lot in my career i think is just being very open and flexible uh i'm british and i'm from the south of england so we're a little bit more steady and more fixed in our ways and i came to china and especially the time i came to china is the probably the peak of economic development and it was just the wild west and you know if you stay fixed in your ways you you don't really benefit from anything so i just go off and do different things and be swept along so that uh, introduced me to a lot of opportunities um and i think probably the other thing is just being proactive and you know for example this year uh before this year i i didn't do a lot of marketing for my business and so i told myself this year i'm going to do a lot of marketing for my business and see what happens experimenting again and um i i've spent a lot of time writing blogs doing youtube videos doing events doing podcasts doing webinars uh getting my book out and so on and um it's through being proactive and creating the time to do those things that I found what works for me and what doesn't work for me and that helps shape my strategy going forward. So experimenting, being open and flexible and and being proactive has really helped me a lot to get to where I am today. Well, I I think we rarely find people experimenting a lot. In in your case I see that uh, a lot and it worked well for you. Wonderful. So let's move to the next question. you have coached leaders across 160 countries right so i am really curious what are some lessons learned in your career uh, in your uh, coaching journey any top observations uh, well uh, so yeah i i've worked with over 160 companies and as you work with so many different companies and different groups of people you you start to see patterns and, and similar things happen so like for example one pattern that i've seen is when a company starts off small and grows really really fast so maybe they're a team of like five people and two years later they're 50 people with that rapid growth comes a real big mess because they don't have the time to set up systems and processes and clarify roles and responsibilities and so when it gets to this stage all of a sudden it's a mess and they they uh they really struggle uh, and there's a lot of conflict as people are kind of protecting themselves from from all of these gray zones so i i see a lot of that there's a lot of other things i see but one area of advice i find myself giving a lot is to spend more time 
getting to know the people that you work with, not talking about business all the time, but actually talking about them, listening to them, learning about them. For example, when you're in meetings, I think the most valuable time is the five to 10 minutes before and after the meeting, because in that time, you're not talking about business, you're talking to each other and you're getting to know each other. Uh, And that is how you build those personal relationships. And it doesn't matter what job you do, those personal relationships are ultimately what's going to make things really, really easy for you. That's the advice I find myself giving more and more these days. It's invest more time into building those personal relationships because you work with people, not robots. So (laughs) get to know the people. (laughs) <laughs> we are not there yet in terms of working with uh, robots so let's be humans at this time <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah got a way to go for that <laughs> yeah let's talk about core of today's topic right storytelling is something a kind of buzzword these days and everybody says leaders should acquire the skill of uh, storytelling so before we dive deep into the topic what what is storytelling in essence in your opinion storytelling Normally, when we think of it, we think of someone standing on stage telling a story, or we think of a novel or a movie or a TV show, and that's the field of telling stories. But I think there is a much bigger picture to storytelling than just telling stories. I think it's ultimately about shaping the stories that people have, that people believe in. And a lot of the work I do right now, whilst I'm here in China, is with Chinese leadership teams who are really struggling to influence their leaders over in Europe and the US. And the reason they're struggling to influence their leaders is because of the stories their leaders believe in about China. And, you know, China does not have a very good reputation right now. Uh, And, you know, some of that's deserved, some of that's not deserved, and some of that's somewhat deserved. But either way, the stories that people believe in about China affect their behavior and their decisions. And so for me, storytelling is not just telling stories. It's about trying to influence the stories that people believe in. And that's really important if you are a leader, because you've got your vision, you've got your plan, you've got your strategy, and you need your people to believe in that. And you need to shape the stories that people are believing in about that. Or even if you are a business selling to customers, you need to shape the stories your customers believe in about your business and your products and services. So it's an essential skill, actually, for for business. And there's a lot more to it than just telling stories. There's lots of ways of using it. Mm -hmm. How, How businesses can benefit from this storytelling? Well, storytelling ultimately helps businesses with value because value is always subjective. So if I have a painting by Vincent van Gogh and a replica by a student, you look at them and they look exactly the same, but you put both up for auction, obviously the Vincent van Gogh painting is going to sell for so much more. And the only difference is the story. It was by Vincent van Gogh. And and that's a story. And your business, the value of your products and services ultimately depend on the stories that people believe in about it. Uh, I think luxury brands, for example, are all about stories. They've got products that um, you know probably didn't cost that much to make, but through marketing, 
they are causing customers to believe that you know, this bag represents status. This uh, jacket is my identity. And they're really shaping those stories that people believe in. So uh, that's why it's so important for business. And the businesses that are really good at shaping those stories are the most famous businesses in the world. Apple, Coca-Cola, <laughs> McDonald's, etc. cetera. Um, whereas the businesses that are not very good at shaping those stories, no one's heard of them. <laughs> so it, it makes a huge difference to business. What is your favorite story of among all these luxury brands? I'm really curious. Yeah, you know, one story that comes to mind at the moment, a very recent one, is Patagonia and the brand Patagonia. And they recently... Uh, they recently sold themselves uh, to the fight against climate change. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they are doing that or will do that, but I think that's an incredibly inspiring story that is needed right now. And, and first of all, that shows the world what Patagonia, uh, sorry, what Patagonia ultimately values, and they value the environment. They value it so much that they've made the environment, their sole shareholder, apparently. So it tells that story, but it also tells a story that other businesses can as aspire to. It tells a story of being the first big business to do what every big business needs to do. And so it tells the story of being a pioneer, of being a hero, of being caring for the environment and leading the way. It tells so many stories. And that's just through one simple action. So I, I think that is a, a really good and timely example, actually. No, oh, great. Thank you for uh, sharing that story. And uh, Jamie, now, can you briefly talk about your book, The Story Habit? Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> my book, The Story Habit, is ultimately all about how to tell stories and shape stories and develop that storytelling skill by mastering certain habits. And so there's, there's a few parts to this. One is a framework uh, that the whole book is based around called Relate, Challenge, Resolve. And the idea of Relate, Challenge, Resolve is that any story always starts with a character in a situation the audience can relate to. Um, as you watch Disney movies or read a novel or whatever, there's something about the character that relates to you maybe they have personality traits similar to you maybe they have beliefs similar to you maybe they're experiencing things similar to what you've experienced and as you relate to them to them you start to develop empathy for the character and you start to imagine yourself being the character and that really sucks you into the story so the relate part is really really fundamental to a story and as the story sucks the audience in uh, they're now immersed in the story and then things need to start happening. So the second part, challenge. A principle about storytelling is that the story is never about life as normal. A story is always about change and something changes in the, the world, in the story world, and that creates challenges for the character. And, and those challenges create pains, which the audience feel because they're feeling empathy. So that challenge part is about a change happens, and that created a challenge for the for the character. In the end, is the resolution, and the audience want to see how they resolve that. 
And sometimes the character resolves it and there's a happy ending. Sometimes there's not. But there's always an attempt to resolve something. And so these are the three parts of any story that you'll see. It always starts by relating and then challenging and then resolving. And it just so happens that this framework you can use in exactly the same way for shaping the stories people believe in, which is ultimately about influencing and persuasion. And so when you want to influence or persuade people, what most people do is they go straight to challenge. And they say, you're wrong, I'm right, and here's why I'm right and why you're wrong. But what we should really do instead is start by relating to them and start by listening to them and learning more about their beliefs, their motivations, their experiences, why they think this way, and so on. And when we say things, we need to be able to say them in a way that people can relate to, and especially saying things that people agree with. What we're ultimately looking for when we're trying to relate is people nodding their heads. When they nod their heads, that's a sign that we're relating. And when we relate enough, then we can start challenging the story that they believe in right now. And we can point out how that story is not serving them and how a, a better story will serve them even better. And then challenging, if we do that successfully, will change their minds, will get them to think differently and be open to new ideas. And then we can move on to resolving, which is all about removing the barriers to action so that they just take action. And resolving is ultimately... So it's about it's about action and it's about change. But most of the time when people talk about change, they talk about, uh, well, change is a journey and they talk about the destination. You know, we're going to lose weight. Well, they talk about the path to the destination, do more exercise. But what hardly anyone talks about is the next step. And, that is, and that's the most critical thing because that's the thing holding people back from that path. And maybe the next step is finding an exercise that, fits your needs and that you enjoy and that you can sustain and that's what resolving is all about so relate challenge resolve works for telling stories and for shaping the stories people believe in and for each part of relate challenge and resolve i have a number of habits that i list in the book to help develop the skills of relating challenging and resolving no it's uh, so nice that i'm able to imagine go back Uh, about a movie that I watched recently and I'm able to relate to it and uh, it makes sense actually like relate challenge mm. and result all right great mm. insights and uh, how about uh, inculcating the habit of storytelling because many times we attend <coughs> these sessions on storytelling and all but when it comes to inculcating it as a habit becomes difficulty so how do we overcome that so there's one habit in particular which is really powerful for this. And the habit is simply notice change. So as I mentioned earlier, stories are never about life as normal. They're, they're always about change. And if you want to become a really good storyteller, then you need a pool of stories in your mind that you can take out and just tell whenever you need to. So you need to build a story pool. But a challenge a lot of people have with building a story pool is they don't know where to find stories. And this is where noticing change comes in, because wherever there is a change, there's a story there. For example, you get on the subway to go to work and then the subway breaks down or you come to work and then something's happened with your customer and they've had to cancel a massive order. 
Um, or you get home and you cook your dinner and you discover that actually the rice has been eaten by a rat and you can't eat your dinner now. Whenever there is a change, there's a story in that change. And so if you develop a really sensitive radar for noticing the changes that happen in your day-to-day life, you'll suddenly accumulate a massive pool of stories. There'll be so many stories in this story pool. And then the next step is to just take those stories out and use them. And the very first time you tell a story is never going to be the best time. Uh, It's probably going to be rubbish. Uh, And that's just the way it works. You have to do you have to tell the rubbish first to find out what is rubbish about it and you get feedback from the audience maybe they lost interest maybe they laughed at this part but they didn't like this part and that feedback will tell you how you can change your story going forward and then you tell your story again and again and you keep refining till eventually you have a really good story and think of any famous comedians for example and doing a sellout show where they're on stage in front of hundreds or thousands of people. And the stories they tell in this show, not the first time they've told those stories. They've told those stories so many times before, and they've constantly refined and perfected them. And that's literally what the best storytellers do. Um, And all you need to do is just start by noticing the changes that happen in your day-to-day life. And then you'll accumulate a pool of stories and you can take those stories out and use them, get feedback and refine them. And then you'll have a pool of really well-refined stories. And just as an example, in some of my workshops, I sometimes give people an assignment. Like if if we're about to go to lunch um, and we've just talked about story pools and I say, your assignment is to find your lunch story and to come back and tell us what happened at lunch. And, um, you know, most of the stories are rubbish, but occasionally there's one bit of gold in those stories. And, um, but what it does is it increases people's sensitivity. They're always on the lookout for a story. The more sensitive you are to that, the more stories you'll have in your story pool. Uh, this, this is great. I, I, enjoyed every bit of it and uh, kind of uh, you have given a ready to use framework which is uh, which will be quite helpful and uh, thank you so much for those tips and this has been great conversation Jamie but let's uh, lighten up the mood of our audience if you are okay I'm going to kick off a quick rapid fire round okay (laughs) all right so all you have to do is just answer them crisply in a word or two Mm. and let me fire the Mm. first bullet what was your childhood fantasy my childhood fantasy was to have a job swimming with dolphins, um, which which never came true. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Moving to the next one. What is the best piece of advice that you have received so far? The best piece of advice that I have received so far is to always focus on serving people. Um, and the more you focus on serving people and helping people, the easier life and business becomes as well. Um, so that, and, and just as an example, if I'm running a workshop, before I got this advice, my focus would be on making sure they liked me. And then I'd sometimes get people who didn't like me and who challenged me. But when I show that I'm here to serve you, people suddenly become a lot more open-minded and, and they don't challenge me because they know I'm not there to hurt them. I'm there to serve them. So that's been the best piece of advice I've received. Such a profound one. 
moving to the next mm-hmm. one do you correct other people's grammar no in fact i do exactly the opposite i work with a lot of non native english speakers here in china and i tell them that grammar does not matter all that matters is you can communicate your mes- your message in a way people can understand and actually a lot of non native speakers feel a lack of confidence when they're speaking to native speakers because native speakers from the UK, America or, or wherever use so many colloquialisms and advanced terms that non-native speakers don't understand and that's the native speaker's problem they should be they should simplify their english and be more considerate to internationals yeah that's yeah. a great tip in fact many times what happens is uh, people get conscious the moment you speak to native speakers right they uh, get into a more wherein am i speaking right is somebody observing my grammar am i using the right set of words and all that kind of uh, consciousness creeps in but you shared a wonderful tip moving to the next one from the rapid fire so jamie do you have a bucket list <laughs> do i have a bucket list not really but the things that are most important to me are just to make sure that i am doing things that make me and my family happy and healthy every day that's all that matters to me and i i actually have a daily checklist that i review and it includes things like did i do something to make my wife happy did i did i enjoy giggles and smiles with my kids did i look after my body and so on so these are things that i focus on every single day quite inspiring moving to the last one for the rapid fire what is one electronic gadget that you like to see or invent yourself <laughs> <laughs> What is one electronic gadget I'd like to see or invent myself? Probably one that blocks out any kind of message or notification <laughs> from social media or anything um and encourages us to spend more time talking to people face to face if we needed one. Maybe a yeah, maybe some kind of virus that just shuts down all computers for <laughs> for a few few days <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah especially after the pandemic uh, uh, people restricted themselves from social interactions and a lot of things are happening through social media only but not in the physical uh, space and all yeah i completely uh, resonate with you great rapid fire mm-hmm. uh, jamie now let's uh, flip back to the mainstream and before i let you go one final question for today's conversation what will be your biggest piece of advice to those aspiring to make make it big in their career or life you can pick either of them to perhaps to younger people more specifically i would say as you are starting your career say yes to everything <laughs> until you have too many things and then start saying no i'm very pragmatic and <laughs> I I like the saying that beggars can't be choosers. And at the beginning of your career most likely you are a beggar. Um you, most likely you don't have a lot of opportunities. And so whatever opportunity comes your way say yes to it and, and say yes to lots of things until you start to figure out what you are really good at and what really fits you and what you really like. and then you can start saying no and also when you start having enough opportunities that you don't need to beg anymore uh, and so that is something i would encourage people starting their careers to do be more pragmatic more opportunist until you really figure out through, through experience what 
what is best for you and then you can start saying no such a powerful message and uh, thank you so much jamie i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and thank you for your time and insights really appreciate it thank you i, I enjoyed it as well thank you for having me all right so pleasure to have you jamie and uh, folks before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you in case if you haven't subscribed to us please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from also if you have loved this conversation and enjoyed the episode request you to share with at least 3 of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice all right and uh, now let's cruise into the trivia segment of today's episode and uh, today we spoke a lot about uh, storytelling and the benefits of storytelling and in fact uh, Jamie has spoken about his book and the framework about storytelling which is about um, relate and then challenge and result right i'm going to extend the conversation about storytelling and share some more tips about that uh, storytelling expert ron plouf tells us that most brands set the service or product as the hero but it is definitely not a good approach in fact jamie has mentioned that we have to put the customer first right likewise by putting the customer as the hero of the storytelling it is easier for the customer to relate to the story and here the brand acts as a mentor and the product or service is the magical gift the hero will need to defeat the enemy interesting isn't it that's all for today and uh, what do you think about storytelling feel free to share your thoughts through social media or email also if you have any topic recommendations or guest speakers you can suggest me through social media or email us at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com friends i'm your host navin samala just a fellow it professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the careers and lives of millions across the globe until next time bye bye thank you